Brittany Babbles, a podcast where I babble and you may or may not listen or learn anything from. So, yesterday is when part one of the women's role chat, kind of a women's chat, um, first premiered. So this is the second part because there was just a lot to be said. So, um, the first question that we are going to be talking about is dress codes and how they affect women in society. Like all, like the girls say, oh, you can't wear spaghetti straps. Oh, you can't wear the off the shoulder tops. Oh, you can't, you have to like, when you put your arms down, like your shorts cannot like. Be shorter than your. Be shorter than your fingertips. And it's like, but where are the guys dress codes? Like, I'm just. Interesting and then like, story like, on oh. that. Oh, keep talking on. keep going okay so like you know um I don't really have any boobs but you know I'm not throwing you under the bus Nora but we always I knew you were gonna it. say this we always talk about so, this. you know Nora does so like if I wear a tank top and she wears the same tank top it's not gonna look the same on either of us because Nora will be called the whore and then I mm-hmm. won't and it's like how is that fair it's the same tank top like why are you sexualizing Nora mm-hmm. you know it's like I don't understand the argument it's like women were made to have boobs and some women have more than others. You know? <laughs> it's the thing that, that's always bothered me so much. And it's the reason why I like, I don't usually wear super revealing clothing is like, because of those kinds of comments, they've always made me really uncomfortable. And I wasn't just getting them from like random strangers. I'd get them from my family. They'd be like, wow, like she's got a pair on her. Like, <laughs> I just, I hate when people comment that kind of stuff because then I can't wear tank tops and I get hot because it gets hot in St. Louis and I feel like I can't wear a tank top or I can't wear a certain romper or a certain dress because it shows too much cleavage but if another girl wears it it looks so cute and prim and girly on her because she doesn't have that and like it I it makes me so angry I can't even express my frustration eloquently because of how angry it makes me I'm the same like I I obviously have and it's like the amount of like like I'm like in the same boat as you so I completely understand where you're coming from it's like or it's like one time I just refused to go out because like you know the dress I wanted to wear I put it on I'm like you can see too much cleavage I look like mm-hmm. a whore yeah and, like, I, and it's like I see these girls in like spaghetti straps and like short short or short dresses and I'm like I could never wear that because I'm too curvy and I don't want to be seen as a whore and I'm like you know, it's like until you put that into words, I never really kind of put it in my mind that it's like, okay, like the the whole like sexualizing of someone because, you know, they have more um, body than another person. Yeah, I mean, it's also like, I, you know, I get nervous to wear revealing clothing because of that. And because like, 
specifically men, they make me so uncomfortable when I'm out in public and they're like leering at my dress code from my old high school. I tried to petition it um, and I actually got like 60 signatures, but all of it just kind of fell apart because teachers were telling kids not to sign it. Oh. Um, yeah, yes. Like the dance team coaches and the cheer coaches would not let anybody on their, their teams sign it. Well, so I tried to petition it and it just kind of fell apart because like I didn't really know nobody was really helping me figure out what to do. But like the way that our dress code is written and I went and got a copy of the handbook and printed it out and read through it one day. So like my school was built in like the 80s and they just now got a new building. And so like the way that it's set up is like boys have to have like tucked in shirts. They have to wear like khakis. It's like really specific. But during some amount of time between like when the school was built and the dress code was enforced and like present day they decided to stop enforcing it for the boys unless they were like wearing hats or like sagging really bad or had really low cut tank, low cut tank tops, which I also want to just stop and think about like, I will say just from observing walking in the hallways, the groups that were targeted the most were women as a whole and then African-American men. Mm -hmm. And that does not sit right with me at all. But anyway, so you have these little snippets of like no tank tops, fingertip, you know, kind of what y'all are talking about. But it says in the dress code, clothing that is considered distracting. So not only do we have the rules written in like black and white, we also have what anybody can determine as be, it's like up to whoever's reading it as like being distracted. And the policy, if clothes are deemed to be a, a distracting, is send the girls to ISS. Like, I got sent to ISS in the middle of like a math block during a test one time because my skirt was too short. One time I went to a school dance at the local Catholic high school um, and they, this is probably a time in my life that I felt like the most violated. They brought us into the, the they brought us into the church, the chapel in this Catholic high school where they held mass every single day and they had the girls line up and the principal had a tape measure and he measured the girls in scene and made sure it was a long enough skirt in the chapel where they hold mass. Oh my gosh. I like, I, I was offended one as a Catholic and I was offended two as a woman. I'm like, first off, I feel so disrespectful being in here in the presence of, you know, Jesus. And also you're, you're measuring my skirt oh my gosh, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, here's the thing. I feel like pulling girls aside, making them change, checking the length of their skirt. I feel like, you know, disrupting class because of what someone is wearing is more distracting than what they're wearing. Also, like, like yeah, let's I talk about why somebody's like, why, okay. First of all, why am I reduced only to a distraction and not a student? Why in that situation is my education valued less than a man's when they are the ones that have the obvious problem and cannot focus if my shoulders are out why like why am I having to be like sent to ISS pulled out of class and like some I ended up having to wear some random person's pants that had not been washed because yeah yeah in order Ew. and that was after I had no that was after I had begged so that I could go back to that class like I literally had to grovel like I begged for that because like oh what, like I shouldn't have had to, but like, I knew myself, I'm not good at math. I needed to be in there. Like there was nothing else for me to do like that. They like drove me to doing that so that I could get myself back in my seat.
Because I was talking to my friend, we were talking about sex because um, I don't know why we were talking. We were talking about sex, and I made some comment about how I'm waiting until marriage because that's what I want to do with my body. And she's like, my friend, and like I love her to death. Like, no, I don't mean to like slander her, but it's just like what she said. It kind of like surprised me because she was like, "Well, I'm not gonna have sex when I'm in college because I don't want to accidentally get pregnant, but I don't think I could wait till till I'm married to have sex because I wouldn't want to deprive my future husband of that or like my boyfriend of that." And I'm like, "No, I'm like, no, 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 don't have sex to please a man." I've been seeing a lot of stuff about this too, about how like in a and most of the time it's I'm not just assuming it's heterosexual like relationships. It's just because of like what I have seen. And again, I've not ever experienced anything like this. But it's like a lot of the times, like the girlfriend will like even if she's not feeling it, she's not in the mood or whatever. Like it's what you just said. She doesn't want to deprive her boyfriend of or her husband or whoever of what he wants, which is really upsetting because like you shouldn't have to like force your if you're if you're not in the mood you're not in the mood it's like that's as simple as i i don't live to please a man which like what you were saying it's like that's what womanhood is nowadays it will it, that's what it feels like it is because it feels like we just we don't exist to simply please men which is what it, so often it gets skewed to be yeah, in addition like, to not being taught sex ed we're also not taught how to set boundaries yeah, but then yes. like society tells us, okay, so the woman has to be married, then she has to please her man, then she has to have kids, and then um she has to be a mom, and then she has to have grandkids, and then parent them, and then she has, and it's like, when is she ever living for herself? It's like, oh well, you got to live for yourself when you were younger, but then once you settle down, it's no longer for you, and it's like, no, but we're not even living for ourselves as we're younger, yeah, because you know, okay, I am the oldest person on my dad's side of the family who is not married and like or I'm like I'm like basically I'm the oldest person who's not married like ever since I was in seventh grade my extended family I love them to death but they'd be like so is there a guy in your life so when are you getting married like my cousin who's the next who's like the next oldest like after me the next youngest whatever you want to say because I'm the oldest of the great-grandchildren she was she met she was dating her now husband when she was a sophomore in high school and I am now a sophomore in college and I have yet to be in a long-term really I've yet to be in a relationship that's been like more than like two months and it's like it's like well they're like well why aren't you getting married yet like one of I, I literally had a family member ask like my mom if I was gay because I hadn't had a boyfriend yet like no no I'm just living for myself, but apparently I'm not supposed to be living for myself. I'm supposed to be finding a man so that I can grow a family. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, there's so much wrong with that. Yeah. But it's like, it's like, okay, like, I don't, I know I don't need to find a man, but do I want to get married one day and like have a husband? Yes. But it's like, I shouldn't have to feel pressured. Like I genuinely do want to get married. But it's like, I feel like a lot of women, it's like, you know, it's like the natural cycle. Like Nora and I have talked about this in like previous episodes. It's like the natural cycle of a woman. Like you're born, you're taught how to, you know, like cook, clean, do like the womanly things, you know, and then you, you start your period and then everyone's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. She's like, she's becoming a woman now. now She has to, now she has to find a man. You find a man, you get married, you have kids. And then, then they're hoping that you have a daughter and a son. So the cycle could go on and on and on and on. And it's like, it's literally written in the Bible. It's like, when is the cycle going to break? Because it's obviously never going to break, but what are we going to 
gonna do about it you know yeah um it's like and like there's nothing wrong with wanting to grow up to be a wife to be a mom but it it, the line where it becomes wrong is when it becomes forced on women which is where it is now it's like it's expected on you yeah it's like expected and it's I feel like as a society we're slowly kind of distancing ourselves from that expectation but by no means is it like it's still there it is so very prominent I would just say it's it's better than it was at least but it's definitely still there because it's like you see these famous couples and it's like oh when are they having kids or it's like you know still like what Lauren said earlier it's like when someone gets married it's asked oh when are you having kids so even if it's not as like it's like it's more of like a passive aggressive sort of push than like the aggressive push it once was if that makes sense I'm glad that you brought up like when you were talking about you know like we're taught from a young age like cooking and cleaning and like home skills and all the stuff that I'm about to say is not like a woman problem it's just like as people this is how I think of it all I know that like we I'm gonna say we because I kind of assume but please correct me if this is not the right thing for y'all like I feel like we definitely feel the pressure of like preparing ourselves to be the perfect wife Um, And I think it's really important to realize that everything that we do in our lives, like going to college, getting our education is not in preparation to be like, to be somebody's wife. Like that's not my identity. That might be a part of my life, but that's not wholly who I am. Like, I'm not wholly a mom. I'm not wholly a wife. Like I'm just me. And I think it's really important that like important, like basic life skills, like cooking and cleaning and taking care of yourself are not so, um, what is the word that I'm looking for? Like pushed just at women, because like that is something that all adult humans need. Like they need to know in my head, like, uh, yes, okay, I know how to cook and I know how to clean and I know how to like do basic tasks, but it's not for the purposes of being a wife. It's because like, it's like I am an adult and it's important for me to know how to do those things to survive. Like I really never understood. And I guess I guess it's different because like it's not the fact that men can't cook or clean. It's that they don't want to. So it's like you just push the task on the woman. But to be like, honestly, that's kind of embarrassing. If I ever dated somebody and they're like, oop, I don't know how to cook myself dinner or like, oop, make me some dinner, babe. Like that's embarrassing for you. Yikes. Like I'm going to laugh at you. You could not have said that better. And, like, kind of going off that, like, one thing that, like, I really admire about my grandma is she had four sons. And she was, like, she was, like, you're not going to expect a woman to provide for you. She taught them how to cook. She taught them how to clean. She taught them how to do everything that she did. And, you know, now my dad cooks dinner every night because, you know, he was taught how to cook. And, you know, so it's like people are like, oh, like, what's your mom cooking for dinner? So I'm like, actually, my dad cooks dinner, like, not my mom. Like, we're not gonna be like, my mom cannot cook. And it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, we we should raise our sons the same way we raise the daughters. Like, we should raise the sons to know how to cook and know how to clean. And we shouldn't expect that to all come from the daughters. Um, and it's like being able to see that like firsthand is like, you know, like witnessing like my dad and like my uncles who all grew up like learning those skills that like one would teach a daughter. It's like, I feel like I look at them and they have such good relationships, at least from my point of view with their wives, because it's like, you see the shared responsibility and it's not just one, one, one person in the spousal unit becoming, 
you know, overstressed with like having to cook and having to clean and do all of it. It's like you see this shared responsibility and it almost, it helps them grow closer to one another, I think. And, you know, it shows that, you know, it's like we're equally human. We're equally like this marriage, this like partnership is a, like we're equals in it. One of us is not better than the other. And I think that that's so important. Yeah, I think it's, go ahead. I was just going to say, well, I'm, I have like a few things to say, and I'm going to try to make it as coherent as possible. But um, like, I grew up in a very traditional household, a very patriarchal household, if you will, um, where, you know, my dad is pretty much the sole provider. My mom is a stay-at-home mom, which I think is the hardest job. Um, and, you know, her and my grandma cook and clean everything. Um and you know also the fact that my grandma's expected to do any housework is ridiculous she can barely walk poor woman has arthritis she (laughs) needs to be taking a break but um like i it was really difficult for me to actually unlearn some of those gender stereotypes because that was all i had seen growing up and i had a very very sheltered childhood i still have a very sheltered life um i still live with my parents but like so when i started kind of seeing these aspects of feminism of women saying well I don't want to cook I don't want to clean um oh my god now WAP is in my head um (laughs) but like when I started hearing that I was like what like no that's wrong no one's gonna want to marry you and I said those things and this was in like middle school um and but then you know I kind of thought about it and I was like well yeah I mean I I don't want to cook and clean for my husband like I don't want that to be my job I don't want to have to be the one that's expected to stay home and look after children that I don't even know if I want to have like um and I think it's like I don't know it's kind of that thing that even from childhood like girls are the ones who are given dolls so that they can play family and they can play house. And, you know, I was given a small little kitchenette to play with. And my brother, when he was born, you know, our play areas were separated. They were on separate parts of the room and he had like a toolkit and like little doctor's toys. Um, And, you know, he never touched a doll unless it was like throw it out of his way. Um, And, you know, anytime I would have guy friends over, you know, they were like scared to go in my corner because it was so pink and frilly and girly. Um, and it, it's just like, I don't know. I, I'm wondering if anyone else had any trouble unlearning any of those stereotypes if they did grow up in a more traditional household or even if they didn't, because I, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, I don't know yeah. if I no, I definitely, I feel that too. Like we are, it's really interesting because like my household dynamic is not super traditional. Like my mom definitely brings in, my mom is the breadwinner in our house. Um, while also like, and my dad used to cook when we were younger, but like he's, he's got some health issues and it's like not all there anymore. Um, but yeah, I definitely had to unlearn, um, like the, like I said earlier about, you know, like expecting young couples to have children, like, hey, that's not cool to say. Um, and then just like the association, like for the longest time, I, I was one of those that thought it was bad when 
like boys would play with girl toys, um, which is something that I, I'm a staunch believer in, like let a kid do whatever they want. Like stop trying to find significance in their actions that they're literally just trying to play with a toy. Mm-hmm. Like this, this one object that they picked up, this Barbie is not going to determine their entire identity. And if it does, like you as a parent, when you agreed to have a child signed on to love your child, no matter what, like, I, it, yeah. Um, and then just, you know, like the whole, I've talked about this a lot, like it being expected to like get married and have kids. Like I used to not be as like, I'm okay to be alone. Like if I don't have children, that's fine. Like I used to be like, my the only thing that I would look forward to at one point was like having kids which it's that's fine if that's what you want to do but like that's not what I wanted to do that's just what I was conditioned to believe I needed to do um and so like that's a big distinction because I agree with you like being a stay-at-home mom that stuff seems so hard like I would rather have a nine-to-five desk job than have to stay home with little children all day like no um, and so like it, it all just comes down to like the, the entire conversation just comes down to like women having like us as women, like having a choice instead of being expected to do certain things. Like if you want to be at stay at home mom and that's your choice, uh, that's amazing. But like, you shouldn't just put all of the work of like cooking and cleaning and taking care of the kids and doing all this kind of stuff on the woman, because like historically that's been what her, her role has been how to cook and clean but it's also a life skill for like to learn how to fix a tire or to what to do like if you know like some part of your car breaks down you know like those are also life skills that need to be important it's not just like a man you need to learn like basic life skills but also like women need to hold themselves accountable too you know oh no I 100% agree like I was I was involved in the boy scouts I was a part of their like co-adventure crew so like that's been around for like ages it's not new people think it's like oh like you're one of the new girls no it's been around since like early 2000 but um like I had to learn how to change a tire in order to advance I had to learn how to change oil in a car I had to learn how to do all these manly boy scout skills because it's like I wanted to just like get better and it's like it's like yeah when my car breaks down on the side of the highway and my friends because we have a flat tire it's like yeah I was able to change it by myself it's like we didn't have a man and it's like you know friend was freaking out because oh my gosh we're gonna have to call someone to help because we're girl we don't know how to change I'm like no I know how to change a tire like it's a life skill everyone should learn it like we shouldn't denote life skills to man or woman because of historical what we would do like no it's like if it's a life skill it's a life skill for everyone and like I think okay, so thank you everyone for watching I know this has been one of the most scandalous talks that Brittany Babbles has ever have ever experienced but you know what I feel like it's been needed to be said so I hope everyone enjoyed the podcast and would you all like to have any closing remarks before we leave um thank you for having me uh, I'm very happy to have joined this conversation um yes thank you so much yeah, I just want to say thanks to Brittany and Nora um, and to anyone who may be listening to like, I don't know, think about this and think on this and maybe think how they can help make the, the world a tiny bit better place by their actions or standing up to someone if they see sexism happening um, or just, you know, reaching out if you know someone who's gone something and trying to just, you know, telling them that you'll be there for them. So, yeah, thank you so much. This has been a wonderful experience.
Okay, well, um, I will talk to you all next week. Bye!